Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. And welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers. And I'm Daniel Rolls. And today, Daniel, we're talking about managing agencies. So this is a subject that is quite close to both our hearts, having both ran agencies and also been a client working with agencies as well. And there's definitely a relationship that needs to be formed. This is not mm. a one-way thing where you as a client must do something or you as an agency must do something. There's learnings on both sides. And I think there's a lot to being a good agency and there's actually a lot to being a good client as well to make it work. So um, I know you're quite passionate about this. So I'm going to hand am. over to you for a second. I am quite passionate about this because actually I've seen it work really, really well and I've seen it work really, really badly. Um, and that's really where this episode came about really. I really wanted to share some of my learnings on how to make it well, two things really, how to make it work really, really well and how to avoid it turning sour and going really, really badly. So I think we're sort of going to divide this up into two sections, really, Daniel. I think the first thing is signing up and choosing an agency yeah, right. and just kind of going through some of the agency gotchas. Um, there are some really great agencies out there and there's some slightly shabby ones, if I'm if I'm honest, and some of them aren't in my opinion, upfront enough with their clients. And that can lead to a lot of misunderstanding and, and just plain old bad feeling and wasted time and stuff, really. So I just want to share with you a, a few of those things. So one of the first questions it, that I think any organisation should ask is, is do, we, do we work with many different agencies or just one? And Daniel, I know you've got some, some views on this. It's an interesting one because there is no right answer. No, I think this. in an ideal world, you would work with one agency that had expertise in all the different areas of, of digital or non-digital that you wanted to work on. But there's also some downsides to that. So first of all, it's unusual to find an agency that is an expert in everything. <laughs> so it's that kind of thing of, you know, um, master of everything. No, not really. That doesn't really occur. So I would say quite often you can't do that. There are full-service agencies out there, but they're not always great. But, but every agency says, we are a full-service digital yeah. marketing agency, and actually the reality is they're not. They're not necessarily. No. It might be you're working with an agency, and they've actually got lots of freelancers, or they've got lots of other agencies working with them, which is actually fine as well. Mm. The more full-service an agency is, the bigger it tends to be as well in some cases, unless you've got a small team of people doing everything, which is their kind of jack-of-all-trades. It's not always a great thing. Um, so you say, well, okay, well, this isn't going to be possible. We're going to work with lots of lots of other agencies then. Well, then you've got a management problem of managing lots of different agencies, which can become a real pain in getting them working together as well. So there are some techniques for doing that. You can have a lead agency where one lead agency manages all the other agencies, uh, but it can become quite political because they want the money uh, and they want to try and get as many tasks themselves. So, so there are some problems either way with doing this. So I've never I've never found an ideal circumstance, but I would say if you can have you know a small number of agencies that have explained from the outset must cooperate with one another mm. and they have a good mutual respect, it can work quite well then. But there's still a bit of oh we could be doing that task. Why are they doing it? So you you just got to be a bit cautious of that. Yeah, there is. I think if you manage expectations from the off, yeah. uh, that's good. Uh, very often you can inherit these situations when you move into a new team. Uh, whereby, well, you know, the, the marketing team use this agency for that and the social media team using another agency for, for the other. I think it's, I mean, it's no different from managing different teams within your own organisation. You you just do need to put the legwork into 
to communicating properly between all those different moving parts. And that becomes harder if you're you know, a large organization and you've got lots of different satellite teams working on different different things. Um, too many moving parts can be, can be a bad thing. I, th- I think if you're in that situation, you look to see what in-house skills you have and, and whether you can pull some of these elements in-house. And a lot of times you can, you know, that it won't have been necessarily reviewed and there'll be people sat on your team who maybe previously did that job within an agency and they're just, you know, they've just been bypassed with it. Can I share a pet peeve? Yeah. Uh, new marketing director comes in, new digital director comes in, and they change the agencies <laughs> that every time. Because I've worked with these agencies where I'm going to bring these guys in. I think it can be really damaging because two reasons. One, the existing relationship, if it's working well already and there's some good roles in place, you might be just backstepping for no real reason. Um, also, I mean, this isn't really the commercial organization's concern. If you're a big company and it's a big agency, there are lots of people probably working specifically on that account. You are call- causing carnage at the other end that you're probably mm. not aware of, where people are losing their jobs, people are being transferred. And that's not your problem. The commercial outcome is kind of your key focus, I guess. But I would just think long and hard before just coming in and just feeling you have to change things because you're new. Actually, a good review process and a bit of listening first would tend to be better just because people are very keen to make changes as quickly as possible to make their mark, but actually you might be slowing yourself down. So I'd, I'd just be cautious. Peeve over. There's a middle ground yeah. on this, which I've seen work quite well. And I work for an organisation where um, new new digital marketing uh, director came in. And actually what he did was he served notice on all the agencies and at the same time invited them all to be part of the next pitch. And I thought that was quite a creative way. And actually, to give him his due, he actually went with a number of the agencies that we're already working with. But it, what it did, it did a couple of things. Uh, at the time, I thought it was a bit harsh. But actually, the reality is it meant that he had a full understanding of all the agreements and terms and conditions and, um, and what was set up for uh, to work with the agency. And it reviewed all of those processes and kind of did a bit of a kickstart and a, and a refresh. Uh, and it also caused the agencies to to sit up and start behaving like you should do if you've got a brand new new client. If somebody senior has just taken over, um, effectively, you know, you, you've got to reestablish those those relationships. I I, I thought it was point. quite quite clever, but it, in particular, the whole contract thing and contract start dates and terms and stuff cleared that all right up straight away off the bat. And I thought that was that was quite smart. There is a sad realistic thing to think about a little bit in the agency world as well which I experienced and is not a good thing which is the client that shouts the most gets mm-hmm. the most attention mm-hmm. so you've quite often got uh, if, you're, if you're an agency you've got one small client that just is an absolute pain and they just make constant noise but they end up getting more service because of that because they're trying to stop there from being a problem and you're trying to deal with any problems and it means you might end up with a lot of your resource going that direction as an agency but the problem is it doesn't lead to a good long term relationship so although that you're getting lots of attention, you're actually building up a lot of resentment within the agency for dealing with that particular person or kind of company. So it's realistic that you've got to think as an organisation, let's make a big fuss, let's be really difficult, let's get loads of attention. It's probably not going to build a lot good long-term relationship. But it's also down the agency to manage those kind of situations as well. And I think in smaller agencies, we're quite often, and I was very guilty of this, of being poor in managing those people that made the most noise but actually didn't provide much value to the agency and certainly weren't really helping anything in the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big agency or small agency, Daniel, what would be your view on that? I think you never want to be a small fish in a big pond. So I think unless you are a massive client, 
and you've got a big, big spend, I wouldn't necessarily go for a really big agency. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a big argument, you know, the big agencies can be full service and they've got loads of great people and so on. It is not going to be important enough to them from a billings point of view. So I would like to be generally a, a big client for a small or a medium agency. And if I'm a small organization, I would always go for a small agency because the, the relationship is easier to manage from that point of view as well. What you don't want is everyone else is spending £20,000 a month and you're spending £1,000 a month. You're just not going to be prioritized because if they lose you, they're not really going to care from a, a billings point of view. And bearing in mind the way the agency world has to work is there's a certain resource in terms of having people and there's a certain money that's coming in and one has to pay for the other and make a bit of profit on top. So that, that's always going to be the world. And the reality is that you need to think about what happens if you were to change agency? Would they care that much? And if they wouldn't, then you're never going to get the level of service that you're really hoping for as well. Now, as part of that, I think you also need to think about some some realities of project management. How good is the agency actually at project management? They might be brilliant at delivering technical staff or design, whatever it may be. But if they're poor at project management, everything will be late and it will damage the relationship as well. Um, are you going to play your role within the project management as well? Are you going to meet your deadlines as a client doing those kind of things as well? Um, the level of utilisation is an important question to ask as well. So you have a team of 20 people and in any particular period of time, you can achieve a certain amount of work. So there's only a certain amount of work that you can actually achieve. And there'll probably be someone in the agency whose job it is to manage the projects and work out the percent utilisation that you're getting, i.e. if I've got 10 people in a day, I can get 10 people days done in that particular day, so 10 kind of man days done. Now, the reality is that what percentage are they working on? And the higher the percentage they're working on tends to come to the more problems you have. And I know a lot of agencies work at 110 or 120% which means essentially unless one of two things are happening, one, that the staff have to do more hours than there are normally in a day, or they're billing for stuff that isn't actually getting done, then you're going to have problems. And it causes all sorts of stress within the agency, the under-resourced nature of the agency, and it just causes lots of headaches. Mm. So just just look at that. Look at the project management skills. Um, I would also go through and work out the difference between the pitch team, Mm. the people that come out and sell you stuff, and the people that actually do the delivery. So, and even with account managers, is the account manager actually connected? Do they have a technical knowledge of what's going on as well? Because very often you get a pitch team that are amazing and they're, yeah, that we're going to go with these people. They really know what they're doing. They've said yes to everything. And then the actual build team are completely stacked up with work. They don't really know what they're doing. They're really junior. And there's all sorts of problems that can occur. So you need to know who's actually going to be working on your account. Definitely. Personal recommendations are always a good thing, but I would always, every time, double check so any agency will tell you of organizations that they've worked with um, just pick up the phone and speak to those organizations and and ask them opinion I, I've, I've never found anybody reluctant um, to, to to do that it's quite a normal thing but it's you know it's just fact checking really they just shouldn't have anything to hide and actually if they're you know I'm, I'm sure if they're billing them out as you know people they've done a lot of good good stuff for um, they'll get a good opinion but get do get a sense of of, of whether you know the, the things they've done for that organization are going to be similar stuff that, that you're going to be doing with them because obviously you can get some false reads otherwise. I think um, th- there's a couple of gotchas when choosing an agency that I think are, are, are really important. Um, and by gotcha, they're kind of 
man traps you can or landmines you can tread on uh, that are really unnecessary if you're, you're wary of them. One of these is is you know make sure you understand what's involved within your monthly management fee. It's very easy for sour grapes to arrive because you've got misconceptions on what's being included and um, um, and what's not. Handover fees is another one. And Daniel, I know you've got experience with these. Tell us, what what is a handover fee in the agency world? You see this a lot in pay-per-click campaigns where I sign a contract with you for six months and you run my pay-per-click for six months. And at the end of the six months, I might not be that impressed or I might think I could do this myself, whatever it may be. And for some reason, I then end the contract with you and say, right, I like my account, please, because we've done all these building of ads. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, but you don't actually own the account. Mm. You say, well, it's on our login. Yeah, but the reality is that in the contract, it says there is a handover fee. And therefore, if you want all of the ads and the historical data, which is what you really normally need, you need to pay a handover fee. I've seen handover fees from £500 to £20,000. Wow. So when a very large client had been working with a pay-per-click agency and they said, yep, no problem at all. Would you want your historical data? It'll be 20K, please. And they were they ended up having to pay it because the fact is they needed the data and it was in the contract. And it's a nonsense because that data, there's no reason why it can't be, be, be well, you should. You, I, I, I would always own the account. And you should make that very clear if you've got paid. Yeah, you've, paid you've paid for this work to be done. You shouldn't yeah. then have to pay for the work to be handed over, I don't think. And I think it's just one of those things. It's a way of sneaking more money into a contract. Mm. But actually, it, it, I've never seen it be a good outcome that people are happy about it. So it's probably not a great idea. And always scrutinise and question any notice terms on the account. There could be so much ambiguity um, there. You know, it might say a month's notice, but is that a month from when you hand in your notice or a, a clear working month or calendar month or... Or is it, 30 or is it a days? month on the end of the next month? Yeah, which which I've seen, and that, yeah, it's a painful painful thing to have. So make sure you're really clear on all of that before you go in. And then, really, what I want to do is to move on to just some general good practice. I think you know there are a number of things that I found work work really really well with an agency. One, so I'm I'm, I'm not going to try and explain these too much. I'm just going to lay them down as rules that you should all. All follow because I found them them very effective, and if you whether you agree or disagree that that's fine. This is how I would would, would do it. So agree meeting agendas and stick to them. That's that's a biggie, um, particularly if they're quite a creative uh, agency and you're quite creative. You can find these things moving in all sorts of weird and wonderful uh, places. But you need to really make sure time is money with agencies. You need to make sure you're really focused on what you're needing to do. Don't get me wrong, you have some fun as well, it's important. Um, but do stick to the agenda and, 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 and results because all of these things need to be measured. Agree with them that they will always flag up any help that costs extra uh, as a cost, so there's never any surprises. You know, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to get carried away. We're talking about, oh, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this, and you go, yeah, great, thinking it's all part of your monthly management fee, and at the end of the month, you suddenly get billed X amount extra. That's nasty. I always go to the nth degree to make sure this is very clear when setting up an agreement or with an existing uh, contract that you're you're you know you're taking over. Have that difficult conversation. Make it very clear. Look, if anything's going to be outside of my monthly fee, you need to flag this up and and send a proposal uh, so that I can then send you back a, a purchase order or formulate. You, lots yeah. of different organisations have different ways of doing this, but formulate it so there's a structure around that. And anything outside that structure. It's not going to get paid for. It's not going to happen. I think you. I'd cover the other way as well, where if you are creating tasks and just reams and reams, come out of ideas, things to do all the time, and then expecting it to be part of your account management, 
you've got to be realistic about what's included. So it, from the definition outcome, it needs to be a, a limited number of hours or a certain number of tasks or whatever it may be, but define it really clearly. Because otherwise, you get this weird situation where the client's saying, can we do this, can we do this? I expect this to be part of my account management fee. And by saying no, it's creating a bad relationship. And there's a, a phrase you need to learn in agency speak, in, and they say, oh, that's that's out of scope. Now, in layman's terms, what out of scope is, no, you're not paying for that, you can't have it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so anything that's mentioned as out of scope can be put into scope. If, if a particular project has has time deadlines, then it might have to exist outside of that or you're not going to meet yeah, the Yeah, because scope creep is yeah, a big point exactly, development projects. Exactly. But, but um, out of scope just basically means that that wasn't really kind of costed up. So it is really important if you're going into any more detailed projects that all of these things are, uh, are documented and, and written down so you have a good understanding of that. Um, write up all meeting notes with actions and agreed dates. Now, a lot of good agencies will do this for you, um, but if they don't, do it. And I think you'll probably find they start doing it for you, uh, shamed that they haven't followed up properly. Um, it's one of the easiest things for your account manager to let slip, and it can lead to all sorts of misunderstandings. There's nothing better than making sure you've checked that what you thought was agreed in the meeting is what they thought was agreed in the meeting and, and, and vice versa. So that's one sure fire way of, of doing that. And it also means that when you have your next meeting, you can review this and follow up. I think those collaboration tools we've mentioned in previous episodes come in here as well, that having a mutually shared platform like Asana or something else where you can put those tasks in works really well because then there's clarity of what hasn't hasn't been done. Make sure you agree all lines of communication and agree out-of-hours contact details for both you and them. This is a really important one. When things go south uh, and don't go to plan, very often, I find, they tend to happen out of hours. Normally, all about half past seven on a Friday when you can't get hold of anybody. And it's really important that you have an option for that. But explore it before that actually happens because there's nothing worse. And I, and I speak from experience, trying to get hold of everybody and not having the right, the right details. And it won't, it'll be too late by that point. You know, the, the horse has bolted. So, uh, yeah, make sure you cover that. I think expected response times are really important as well. That you know, if, if anything involves hosting of websites or website problems or social media mess ups and those kind of things, you know, I want this fixed now is great, but if contractually it says we've got five working days, what's actually going to happen? And that can create a lot of pain as mm. well. Um, I, the smaller the agency is generally, the more flexibility you tend to get as well because people will go out of the way to try and fix things. We're a big agency. Lots of staff, it, you know, you're not always going to get that kind of response double. So I think these contact details and some agreement from the outset, is it okay to phone at 7.30 on a Friday? Will you actually, will you respond? So just just discussing some of those mm. things through is mm. always really important. And, and, and vice versa, you know, making it, make it clear when it's out of hours for you, how to get hold of you. You know, how, I mean, I would, I've even gone to the extent with some projects of giving, you know, backup telephone numbers and to my shame I've even given my wife's just in case if it's really critical because um, she's normally with me and can, can reach me if I'm for one reason something's, something's gone wrong so yeah don't don't leave any of that to chance It's hopefully it'll never have to swing into action but when it does you'll be really glad you, you sorted it out um, don't be afraid to tell them when you're unhappy and why you know there's nothing worse when you're working within an agency or somebody suddenly serving notice and you're like what whoa, where did that come from? I thought it was really going really, really well. And it, nine times out of 10, it's just because the person, you know, feels a bit awkward and don't really want to give you negative feedback. You, a good relationship's built on honesty and, you know, honesty should cut both ways, really. And that, that kind of leads me on to my next point, which is you really need to listen to your agency. It's one of the it's one of the biggest problems. If you have a whole team of experts and, you know, you, you've got a 
good method you tried and tested uh, of doing things and you get hired as an agency and the marketing director just has his own way and and, and doesn't doesn't listen it's 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 not good you're probably not the right agency um, for, for, for them and they're not get, not ever going to be a really great client because they'll demand results but you won't be able to action on them because of this this conflict is just just bad so you know do listen to the agency if you've got people within your team that disagree you know have that conversation and, and expand on it and and explore uh, the the points of disagreement and come come to a conclusion tell them in advance if you're going on holiday uh, especially if you are the main contact um, with that agency it's, it's really often overlooked you wouldn't do that to your co-workers don't do it to your agency in many cases they could be managing some of the most important things for your business if you're certainly if you're an e-commerce business and you have paid search it could be incredibly important and that goes hand in hand with you know keep them up to date with any changes as they happen you know nothing's worse managing uh, an account than when you're the last person to get told of some enormous change or some event that's happening uh, within the business that you didn't know, or some other activity that's going to impact on it. You, as as the agency contact, you need to be really sharp and, and hot on, on that. Um, sometimes, you know, you will find out late uh, or things can change at the last minute. And that's okay as well. But I would always urge, you know, be a little bit apologetic when that happens and, and you know, make sure they realise it's not it's not the norm. You know, if you're constantly managing things like that, you're going to have to relook at your processes because uh, it's it's really not fair. Uh, on them and I'd say you know work with them like you would a member of your team afford them the same respect so often agency relationships can sour because people just treat an agency like a sort of a paid servant to do their bidding and that's that's not a good relationship and I'd kind of go one step further than that and I've always found this really really a great way to to work with agencies which is to you know work really hard on becoming their favorite brand or customer you know, it actually doesn't take much. But if you're dealing with a very busy agency, it will always get you the, the lion's share of the good stuff for, from them. You know, don't don't forget to thank them for good work. A simple thank. You're not talking about showering them with gifts, although in a lot of cases that might be <laughs> not be such a bad idea. But just a simple thank you uh, or when a job's well done, you know, acknowledge it and and big up the particular team members with the agency um, head of department or, or, or CEO, depending on the, on the, on the side of it. That, that little level of, of personal attention can go a long way in strengthening those relationships. You really want those people to, to want to work hard for you and to, to deliver the best. And actually, if you build on a really great relationship with them, I, I've, I've never found that that fails to work. We had a situation we don't work as an agency, but as a kind of learning agency. So we'll help organisations upskill their teams and we kind of work in partnership. And one, one organisation we work with in particular has really embedded that in. So we get to go to a lot of their internal meetings, see what's going on and going changing. And we've gone out of our way. We've kind of over-serviced it from the point of view of just trying to do additional kind of work on it. And um, they work as a business development team for us now. They go around this huge organisation and, oh, yeah, we, oh, we know this great agency. You could work with them. And they're actually getting us loads of work. So it's once it works and it is that kind of great relationship, it tends to work both ways. So I think it's a really important point. So I hope these uh, top tips and, and guidance notes are, are helpful. Love your agencies. You know, manage them effectively. If they're not right for you, be honest with them. Let them know. See whether they can make a difference and or just plain move on. Uh, but either way, you know, you should value those, those guys. They're experts in their field and they can give you so much, so much more if you if you just get out of the way sometimes and let them. And also I'd say that 
as there is an art to being a great agency, there is an art to being a great client as mm. well. Mm. So agencies do a better job. Clients, be better clients. And uh, we'll leave you with those thoughts. So speak to you again soon on the Digital Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Digital Marketing Podcast brought to you by Target Internet. If you'd like to get more information on the show, get hold of back issues of this podcast or get details on any of the links we've mentioned, please visit our website at www.targetinternet.com. If you've enjoyed the show, we would love to read your feedback. Please rate us in iTunes or even better, write us a review. Or if you have any questions, please get in touch. We'd love to help.